Welcome, everybody, to Spieling and Dealing. I am Patrick S. Harrison. I am joined, as always, by Sam Oliver. Uh, he is coming to us live from the Capitol building. Sam, how are you holding up in D.C. today, my friend? You know, I'm not reporting live from the Capitol. He is in uh, the Capitol now, people. I did not storm the Capitol. Um but uh, we are here today, like on this kind of crazy day in uh, sort of American polit political history, really American history. But uh, I just want to let everyone know, I think we've referenced before that we're in D.C. here. Pat, you're out of town. You're yeah. uh, on a sojourn to a, to a new part of your life. But I'm making TikToks. Um, Rico and I are cool. We're, we're all good. We're just chilling here watching the news. So no worries, everybody out there. Well... I almost forgot to say, on, on today's episode, we're going to be joined by two good friends of ours, Kevin and Allie, to talk about the newest Stephen King adaptation, The Stand, on CBS All Access, our first time talking about that streaming platform. And we're also, later on, we're going to be talking about the NFL playoffs, also uh, Sam's Eagles, got a lot to talk about there, uh, but Sam... I also have another announcement to make. Uh, we almost did our New Year's entertainment resolutions last episode, and mine was going. To, one of mine was going to be that I'm not going to watch any Star Wars or Marvel for 2021. But I've decided instead because I can see nothing else on the upcoming release calendar. I'm going to watch an episode of Wandavision next week. Whoa! Yeah, breaking Whoa. news. Okay. You have already news. said you weren't going to watch it, so this is big. This is big, yeah. But there's nothing else out there. But let's do a little WandaVision preview right now, okay? Why does anybody? Why would anybody care about these two characters? So now there's Vision, and then is her name Wanda? Yeah. Okay, why does That's anybody care about these characters? Uh, It's a fair question, I guess. You know, they're like two of the... You know, they were two of the headliners of the like last few years of Marvel superheroes. I don't know. What? No, they were not headliners. They were in like every single movie. So what do you want? Yeah. That doesn't I mean, mean they were headliners. Okay. Robert Downey yeah. Jr., Iron Man's a headliner. Captain America is a headliner. Freaking Wanda and Vision, they're bums. Well, I guess. I guess Disney took the pulse and they said they people need more Wanda and Vision. So here's Wanda Vision. I'm getting upset about the show already, but I really, I'm going to try to watch it with an open mind and be positive about it. It's that uh, Elizabeth Olsen, right? Everybody loves her. It's not Elizabeth Olsen. It's, uh, oh, you're right. It is Elizabeth Olsen. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's the there's third Mary one. Kate yeah. and then there's her. Okay. Okay. Mary Kate, Ashley, and then her. She's the youngest one. Yes. Okay. Well, Sam, with that out of the way, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to bring our friends Kevin and Allie in. We're going to talk some Stephen King. Welcome back to Spieling and Dealing. We are now joined by probably the two biggest king heads that I know, uh, my friends Allie and Kevin. Allie, the last time I saw you, uh, you gave me a copy of The Stand. Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. I believe you said it was your favorite book of all time, right? It is. So it is very fitting that we have you on the show today. 
We are talking about The Stand, uh, the uh, CBS All Access, it's called, right? Uh, Yes. CBS All Access adaptation, a nine-part series. The first three episodes are out now. So, Allie, why don't you start us off? What did you think of this show? Um, I... I really like it overall. I've seen the first three episodes. I really like it. Um, I was thrown off at first um, because the way that the story is told in this miniseries, at least, it's not linear. There's a lot of bouncing back and forth where the book is very linear and the previous miniseries, it was originally adapted in 1994. Um, and, and in that, it's very like there's a virus, everyone travels. They establish new governments. And instead, in the first three episodes of this miniseries, we we don't get that linear progression. So I, I was definitely caught off guard and like kind of waiting, like, are they gonna show this? Are they gonna show this? Um, but I do like it so far overall. Now, does the book start with them like burying bodies? Like, have they do we know that this giant uh, epidemic is gonna happen? No. So the book actually starts with the first or the book starts with the scenes we see at the end of episode one. So at the end of episode one, the soldier is at the facility in California and something goes terribly, terribly wrong. And he he's following orders and he's trying to lock down to keep this virus contained. And he decides to protect his family instead. And so we see that at the very end of episode one, that's the very first thing you read in the book. You see, I didn't even understand as I watched it that that was how the epidemic started. I thought this was like a sort of second outbreak of it. I didn't even understand that. Okay. Yeah. So in the book doesn't give much more detail past what you see. Um, the, the character Campion, um, he's, he's on duty. He's getting a lot of calls. He doesn't know, he doesn't know what's going on. And, and he decides, you know, like, this doesn't look good. I got to get my family out of here. And so what we see at the very, very end of the episode is how this all goes down. But in, in the episode, we've also seen that this virus has gone out, you know? And, and so like, that's part of what I meant, you know, like, I was sitting there waiting in the first episode, like, well, are they going to show that part? And like, they referenced it with Stu Redman a couple times. And, and so I, I was kind of waiting for that scene to happen. Now, Kev, what did you think of the show? I didn't watch it. The only oh. thing that, yeah. The only thing that Stephen King's I ever read was his on writing. Cause I had to in high school. Oh, so you have not watched the show. Ah, shit's boring, man. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, yeah. hot take there. Hot take. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, how have you been enjoying the stand? Are you guys going to break up over the the Kevin's refusal to watch the show? Not at all. I, I'm, I'm here to talk about the Broncos. Listen, their um, marriage is stronger than ever because they now listen to Spieling and Dealing together. Okay, that couple is out there. Uh, that's, that's right. That's the key to uh, marriage success, right? The couple oh. who gives five stars stays together for five stars. That's right. Sam, uh, where are you at? Yeah, I actually not sure how I feel about it. Like, I'm very intrigued by the whole mystery of it. Um, but other than that, I, I was just really thinking about it. I was like, I can't really figure out exactly what I really like about it. Otherwise, like, um, I don't know. I, I was, it's kind of really confounding to me. I can't really 
pinpoint it. Uh, the like one thing I did like was that they set up in the beginning. So I don't know how this character is portrayed in the book. But the the first character we meet is that um, what's his name Harold. Yeah, Harold Louder. Yeah, he. You meet him, and he's like set up as like this sort of um, nerdy underdog kid who's getting bullied. And I and I was like, oh my god, you know, they're gonna set this kid up to be the uh, you know the like the hero of the story. And then it seems to go the opposite way, which I like that. I like that subversion. Like he seems to be set up as maybe a villain. Um, not sure where that'll go. But really, other than like, there's not something I can pinpoint where I say like this is really hooking me other than like, I'm just really intrigued by the mystery of it all. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a puzzling one for me. What about you, Pat? Now it's, it's interesting. I I've given you a lot of grief when we were talking about the Mandalorian, like saying that there's star Wars overload. I'm, I'm wondering like if we're at a point where there's King overload a little bit. Uh, now, well, let's talk about this show first. There, 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 there was some things I liked about this show. Uh, I really like the actor who plays uh, Larry Underwood. Uh, he, cause I had never seen him before, and I, I really like like when he's on the screen. The show really pops for me. Uh, like this show is, it's really there's so many stars in this show, uh, and, yeah. and most of them are just popping in for a very brief amount of time. Uh, you got like J.K. Simmons who just came in for half a day, I guess, just so he could. Uh, you know, I do, like that scene. Do that scene with James. Hey, it's J.K. Simmons. Why not? Yeah, it's uh, they do jump a lo- around like the t- in time a lot. Uh, so as someone who's never read the book, I like I'm a little confused at it in times. It's hard for me to get into a rhythm. And there's so many characters, I'm having trouble latching on. To, like it's hard for me to care about all of them. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm going to keep going with it. I'm just going to say. So, yeah. uh, Ali, I have a question. Has it been like really faithful to the book so far? Um. Yes and no. So the original book was written in 1979 and then Stephen King felt it, the editors had cut too much out of it. And so it was re-released in 1990 and slightly updated to reflect it taking place now in 1990. So it's kind of jarring seeing it take place in, I'm guessing, 2019, 2020. So in, in many ways, like there's no internet, there's no cable news there's none of that in the original book, but otherwise the core story is the same. So, um, so I would say it's somewhat faithful. So I have a, so like one of my, you were referencing how the, the end scene of the first episode is really the first scene of the book. Like, do you see in the book, do they portray it as like in the, in the show, this is a spoiler, the door at the facility where the outbreak happens is being held open, which is why this soldier escapes and like spreads the virus. Is being held open by, I'm guessing is like Satan. Yeah, Skarsgård is supposed to be like Satan. His name's Flag or something. Is that that in the book? Like, do you see his foot in the book, or is that something that the show added? That's something that the show added, kind of like a tempting thing. Same as that scene where the very very last scene where Campion's driving away and he Mm -hmm. looks in the rearview mirror and Randall flags with his baby in the car. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's not faithfully in the book, but in the Stephen King universe, Randall Flagg or the walking man, the dark man, um, or any characters with the initials RF are pretty common. He's, he's kind of this bad force. You see him all throughout the dark tower series. 
he's even referenced a few times in other books so like he he's he's kind of mystical he's kind of allegorical for satan um so i think it was just a nice visual cue for the viewer that campion had that temptation with flag keeping the door open you know to kind of get him to like okay i gotta go get my family as opposed to doing his duty is that what you're meant to take away from that scene in like the book or is that just not at all in the book that's not verbatim in the book campion's just like i gotta get out of here okay now i don't know if we set this up before but the the show is about uh there's this really deadly form of influenza that kills 99 percent of the population seven billion people uh it it, first it makes you look like jiminy glick and then you die Mm -hmm. right that's that's basically what happens Yes. So the the virus is nicknamed Captain Trips in the book, but another nickname for it that was kind of left out that you can see it is that people also call it tube neck. Um, so like I said, the, the book is very linear. So of what we've seen so far, this covers like almost like we haven't seen the whole first half of the book, but we've seen quite a bit of it so far. We have the virus, how the virus affects everyone. And so we watch people die. We see like civilization fall apart in the book. And then everyone makes their journeys either to, and and these are spoilers as well. They either go see Mother Abigail in Boulder, Colorado, or they go to Randall Flagg in Las Vegas. And then they start setting up their new civilizations. So we, in the book, we see these two kind of competing areas and governments build and then we haven't seen the last like third maybe of the book that hasn't happened yet. But the way the miniseries is like in the book, we just kind of go back and forth like, okay, here's Harold on his journey. Here's Sue on his journey. Everyone is journeying right now. Where in the miniseries, this episode is Harold and Stu going. And then this episode is Larry so that's, there's a lot of bouncing around. So now the show is about a deadly pandemic, and it came out while the world is in the middle of a deadly pandemic. So my question for both of you is, has that affected your enjoyment of the show at all? No. 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 It's crazy. I mean, it, se- it really seems like it's made for this moment. I had to look up just to make sure that it was filmed before this. But it was. They finished filming in early March of 2020. So perfect timing. So, so, like, did you know anything about the production of this, Allie? Yes, I was super excited. So, like, were they filming this, like, at all during the pandemic? Because it was, like, it wasn't. No, I, guess, I, I just said they finished yeah. in early March. No, but, yeah. But, like, the, the disease was existing, right, like, by the end of 2019. So, like, were they aware of that? Like, and I'm not sure. The craziness of this know, like, coming out. It, I remember like it was kind of announced in 2019 ish and I was super excited about it. Um, like I said, it, it's been adapted in a miniseries before. Um, it's like a six hour miniseries that aired on ABC in 1994. Gary Sinise plays Stu Redman. Um, and one thing that's incredibly similar between the two miniseries it's the dream sequence with Randall Flagg looks almost exactly the same to me. Oh. Between both episodes, like the way they have the desert 
and like Randall Flagg walks out from the rocks, like especially for Larry Underwood's like dream sequence of him. It to me, it looks just like the 1994 miniseries of it. And he's meant to be like the devil trying to collect souls, right? Like that's what you're supposed to take from that kind of. I wouldn't say he's collecting souls, but he's he's trying to build his power basically, and he needs people to do it. Now, so, one thing I like about this show, I like how it it shows how like men act when there's like limited women on the planet. I, that's like some of the best tension on the show, like that I, I'm enjoying so far. And we haven't found out how James Marsden and I forget her name end up together, but I'm interested in that storyline. Yeah, I want to see how more of that plays out. Um, because I thought they would have fleshed some of that out by now, um, but they haven't. And and. I, I just blanked on her character's name. I would say she's Molly Ringwald in the 94 miniseries. Uh, Francis, Francis Goldsmith. Oh, yeah. um, you know, in, you know, she's in the miniseries, we can see that she's pregnant. Um, but we really, I felt like kind of glossed over that she had had like a boyfriend previously. Um, and she's pregnant with that guy's baby. Oh. In addition to having Harold and Stu fight over her. Yeah. So until this last this episode, is- I thought it was James Marston's baby. Nope. Oh, um, so I have one last question for you. How upset are you that they're portraying Boulder as this utopia and not Fort Collins? Um, obviously I'm devastated because it's not true, but I did know that going into it because it is in the book. Yeah, just people out there, don't go to Fort Collins. It's just a shithole, apparently. Well, Boulder's where you want to be. Uh, no, Old Town's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's lots of nice things about Fort Collins. Look, if the coronavirus takes a turn, Captain Trip style, I'm probably going to go to Fort Collins because hopefully everybody else will have turned off I-25 to go to Boulder instead. So it'll just be quieter and I can kind of lay low while Mother Abigail and Randall Flag fight it out. Okay. Not a bad idea. Kev, Allie, did you guys have CBS All Access before you watched this show? Uh, no, and I'm mad about it. Wait. Uh, it's plain yeah really i thought and i should have googled this so this is on me i thought all the episodes were released oh so so you thought you were getting it i got it yeah i thought i was signing up for cbs all access and i even paid the 99 cents through amazon so i wouldn't have commercials and i thought i was just going to get my my one month and watch the whole thing and then cancel it and be done with it but now I've got to pay for it through February to watch all of the stand. That kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about. I feel like there now there's unlimited streaming networks, right? But there's mm-hmm. limited blockbuster IP available, right? Like Marvel and Star Wars are owned by Disney. DC is owned by Warner Brothers. And so when we were talking about Ted Lasso, I said that was kind of like a metaphor for Apple TV. And with this show, I feel like it's CBS All Access, like, making their stand, okay? Like, pun intended or whatever. Because I feel like Stephen King is kind of, like, public domain, like, giant IP. It's, like, as close as you can get without, like, a Harry Potter or something like that. So, it, so it did get you to subscribe. Uh, and I'm wondering if, if... And there's so many stars in this. I feel like this is their first big swing. Well, they well they had the, the Star Trek the new Star Trek shows. So that was, that was really their first like giant. You're right. That was their, yeah. But did any of us watch that? 
I did. Yes. Oh, okay, never mind. So, uh, which is why I had it before this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know that I would be as interested. You know, even as a Stephen King fan, I'm not sure that I would be as excited about a different mini series, um, because The Stand is my favorite. Um, if they came out with the Green Mile again or something, the Green yeah. Mile exactly. Okay. I don't know that I would necessarily like be as eager to subscribe. I I like Stephen King, but like he his stuff doesn't like get me out of bed anymore. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. The Outsider, I was very indifferent to, and I heard it wasn't very good. But like I had no like real desire to watch it. Like I I mean I guess. There's some stuff where I'd be like intrigued by it, but otherwise, like it's not like I'm like clamoring for the next Stephen King adaptation. Right. And I mean, you know, a lot of his later stuff, a, a lot of Stephen King fans notice a difference between the books he's written kind of pre and post car accident. Um, Stephen King was in a track accident like roughly 20 years ago. And 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 I mean, almost died. I would say his newer stuff isn't as good. It's very hit or miss. Like uh, the Institute was fantastic, but I, I didn't care for the outsider or Mr. Mercedes. Um, so yeah, I don't know that I would be as excited for other adaptations if CBS All Access were to have all of them. It, it really wouldn't drive me to keep the subscription. Now, I have a, a fun question for you all. Now, so Star Wars was sold for four billion dollars. Lucasfilm was to Disney, right? Marvel was sold for four billion dollars. Now, right now, Stephen King just sort of, or his publishers, sells out his stories one by one to anybody who wants to adapt them. But say somebody were to buy the rights to all the Stephen King stories, how much do you think that's worth? That's a loaded question because that depends. Is that just his novels? Because he's written fifty plus novels. Everything. Are we talking Everything. short stories? The entire, the entire Stephen King canon. Yeah, it's not four billion. It's not. But I mean, it's high. Maybe a billion. Uh, yeah. But but it's I also like, would you, would, would you pay for more of it since so much? Like he wrote it, right? He did. He wrote it and the stand. All his big hits are already kind of made. But so now they're remaking. I I disagree with everybody here because now they're remaking his hits and they're still making a ton of money. I think the, the it franchise just made a billion dollars, right? I I think he's such a name brand that I think it goes for. I, I if I was a major studio, I would pay four billion dollars for it because you can make these things into perpetuity. The only thing that's different between this and like Star Wars and Marvel and that sort of thing is you're not going to get the merchandising money. But still, I think these stories are very, very valuable uh, in today's market. I just don't think you have. For, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ali can refute this. But you know, I don't think you have like the rabid fan base that the those other properties do. Like this, these people are so invested, and in, they're also like shared universes too. Like I guess you kind of hinted that some of Stephen King stuff is shared universe, but like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, mean, I just like feel like people are so invested in those things. Whereas, like, you might read a Stephen, a couple of Stephen King books, but has any, how many people have read every single one and, like, clamor for every one? I don't know. I mean, and part of the problem is, is, like, the universe didn't really start coming together until later. You know, he didn't write Harry with 
Randall Flagg in mind, you know, from the stand. So like a lot of these connections, one, come from the very specific Stephen King series, The Dark Tower. And two, he doesn't do a lot of like direct sequels. Uh, Dr. Sleep as the sequel to The Shining is like the biggest example and probably like one of his only actual sequels. So like an extended universe, yes, it's accepted that these all, all of his stories happen in the same universe, but it's not as easy to tie together, I think. Um, there are lots of like really rabid Stephen King fans. Um, the Stephen King subreddit is very active, but again, I don't know if it's like quite a clamoring that like the Star Wars or the Marvel universe brings. Like, I think those are just so much larger of a fan base in comparison. Yeah, I don't think it's that level of excitement, but I guarantee you. So like the last stand was made 26 years ago. I guarantee you within the next 26 years, they make it again. OK, and then they're just going to keep doing it because that's what they do. Well, and that's already happened. I mean, it was a miniseries. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The Shining was a movie. Stephen King hated Stanley Kubrick's adaptation. And so then it was remade again as a miniseries in the 90s. If you stay at the um, the hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, that the Overlook in The Shining is based off of, there's a television channel that plays both the original Stanley Kubrick Shining and the ABC adaptation um, just back to back. There's one channel that has them on a loop. So, I mean, the potential for remakes is there. Well, uh, does anybody else have anything they'd like to say about the stand? Um, I wanted to go back to your point about cameos. Um, I was really excited to see Heather Graham. She had a nice, sure. yeah, that was cool to see her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Good for Heather Graham, still working. Yeah, she was super hot, too. Yeah. I think her and Larry together were that was the highlight of the show so far for me. That I, I like their chemistry and their journey out of New York. And that was very faithful to the book as well. Oh, okay. Well, I can in the back I can see Kevin physically itching to talk about the Broncos. So we're gonna take a quick break right now. We're gonna come back, we're gonna talk the Broncos, some NFL playoffs, and some Eagles. We'll be right back. All right, let's do some uh, dealing here. We want to get our our lovely Broncos fans on the we have them on the call here. We want to get your opinion on the uh, the Broncos season, but more importantly, the news that just came out yesterday that John Elway is stepping down as the GM, and they're going to hire another GM. I think Kevin, you're very excited about this, uh, but let's hear your take on this. Um. You know, for like years, I was sitting there just dogging on Elway because I'm like, can't pick a quarterback. This team's just gotten worse. Da 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 da. And then I was sitting there watching the Broncos game against the Raiders this Sunday. I was kind of thinking about it, and I thought, you know what? He 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 tried building a team how you would kind of want to build a team. Uh, he went out. He got Cushenberry from LSU at center. They had to start a you know, rookie at center, uh, Garrett Bowles, as long as uh, the NFL makes it a point to call 50% less holdings, he's going to be good. Uh, they, they picked up Reisner, so they're trying to build up that line. 
they went out, they got some pretty good young talent like Jerry Judy, who, you know, had some drop issues, but he still may be good. Fant's really kind of coming into his own. And um, his biggest sin was just not being able to find a quarterback. And for me, like I, I spent like the last two years just saying, this team sucks. He can't draft. Da, 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 da. And I thought, well, he played it by the book, how like a casual fan would want to see a team built. It just never worked out. Like, so he, you know, he went out and got Chubb. Uh, you know, we all knew that they weren't going to keep that backfield, the no fly zone together. That was going to get too expensive. So he said, well, I got, um, I got, what's the feller from uh, Texas A&M? I forget his name, the glasses. Von Miller. Von Miller has the chicken farm. Um, and he said, well, we'll have Von Miller and we'll get Chubb and we'll just, you know, destroy the off or de- destroy the offensive line with our edge rushing. And that never really panned out because Chubb tore his ACL last year and then Vaughn did some kind of crazy thing to his foot. And it just never really kind of panned out. And as I said, his biggest sin was just picking really terrible quarterbacks who were 6'6". So, Kev, speaking of these terrible quarterbacks, is Drew Locke starting for them week one next year? Who else are they going to get? So you think they're going to stick with Locke, give it another year? Yeah, like Fangio's out there saying like, Oh, well, he's got to earn it. I'm like, who are you going to put in? There's, they got a top 10 pick, right? Yeah, yes. but I mean, after Lawrence and Fields, who else is there? The, you know, the kid Trey Lance or they do from BYU. But that, that, no that, 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 what was it, Dittmer or something from BYU? No, Detmer was Detmer? Yeah, 30 yeah. years ago at BYU. <laughs> is the, that the team's kind of in purgatory, though, right now? I mean, they're not very good, but they're not like that bad. I don't know. Locke was hurt so much of this year, so that kind of sucks because they can't really see if he's the answer or not. He's Ugh. not. I, I, I can tell you he's not. Um, but it's who else Who else are you really going to go out and get? You know, if, if you don't get Lawrence or, or, you know, Fields, you're just kind of throwing another dart at the wall like you did with Locke. You didn't really give a clear answer, though. Are you, like, happy that – it sounds like you're not happy that Elway is kind of stepping aside. Uh, no, I, 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 I think it's for the better, uh, without a doubt, but I just didn't want to be too hard on the guy who I don't like is Fangio. He listens to this podcast. So it's good that you use the soft gloves. Yeah. I like, I like that. Yeah. And I was trying to, was trying to be a, be like Sam here. Um, no, he, he wasn't very good at the job. I mean, he, he didn't make any real big free agency splashes or anything. It's just. But I think there are plenty of other franchises that would kill for what Elway has done in his tenure at GM. And despite a lot of the Broncos fan base being thrilled that he's stepping down as GM, I mean, there's still a lot of love for Elway. The Broncos didn't win a Super Bowl until 1997, thanks to Elway. And and they weren't going to win it again. You know, Elway as GM brought in the people needed to take them to the Super Bowl in 13 and to win the Super Bowl in 15. So, I mean, yeah, I would say, like, people are bittersweet. You know, people are excited for a new GM to come in and hopefully actually develop talent. But at the same time... um, You can only rely on past performances so much. You know, you make a good point, though. He did win a Super Bowl. I, I forgot that he was the one who brought in Peyton Manning. So, yeah, you can't. His his tenure there was not a failure. That's a great well, point. It was not awful, yeah. but you know how much how long ago was that? You know, and then compared to what he's I done, 
Like, and the, you have to think like the fan base is, you know, they don't want him to pick another quarterback in the top 10 again after Paxton Lynch didn't work out. You know, Drew Locke was in the second round, but he traded up for him. You know, that that's kind of dicey. Like, you're just going to pick like, another quarterback right away. Do they, uh, they put a trade package together for Carson Wentz? Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. The rumors are Matthew Stafford, but. Oh, Ooh, okay. I like this. Yeah, I, we I take, like that. We take Stafford because we have, you know, I think like Patrick, Judy, uh, get Cortland Sutton back. Like, we're going to have good wide receivers. We just. And Fan. Fan's good, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. fans good. Like, like fans we, overrate. Like a lot of Noah no, fan love. A lot of fans, Noah fan love here. He's no, hurt every fans, week. No, you guys, no. Are, you guys are talking fans, like he's Travis Kelsey over here. Jeez, fans, no, he's definitely not. Fans, fans <laughs> a fucking pussy. Like he shies away from contact. Sure, but like he's big, tall, and fast. I'll take that. Yeah, so are half the tight ends in the league. Yeah, let's, let's, no more Noah fan talk. Sam, let's move on to the Eagles. All right, we're gonna move on, and we're gonna talk about what was kind of the big story of the week unfortunately for me the uh the eagles on sunday night the last game of the regular season you know appeared to quote unquote tank um what do you mean quote unquote they tanked dude so bad game they definitely looked like they were tanking (laughs) they tanked say it all right they tanked um <laughs> the reactions have been pretty strong across the board. I'll always hear what uh, our guest reaction is to the Eagles' tank job on Sunday night. Are you pro tank, anti tank? Are you one of these? It's disrespectful to the game, peoples. Let's hear it. I am in their position only anti tank because I don't think that draft position is as important. Um, but it's also like, I don't know. If you ain't cheating, you're not trying, you know? Well, it's not cheating. Let's say well, it. it's, it's kind of. It's <laughs> not It's not maintaining the integrity of the game. I'm pro-tank because I believe the Eagles covered. So, you know, is Doug Peterson a betting man? Like, yeah, like she has money on the game. Ooh, <laughs> interesting take. I've so, not heard this not angle. Close. Yeah, I like that. Is he kind of like the uh, – uh, Rose. <laughs> Rose, yeah, or Pete Rose, of, Pete Rose, Pete Rose of Philadelphia. Something to think about. <laughs> you know, now that makes you think, like what the Eagles' like over under on wins was, because he did punt for a tie. So, like maybe he was tanking the whole season because he had a big bet on the Eagles over under for wins. Had to be under. So really, <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, you know, he, people need money, and and if they've got money on the line. You do what you got to do. Did he just know Wentz was dog shit all along and was like, "All right, I'm gonna under, I'm gonna under underbet our team here." You coached <laughs> him into the toilet. Yeah. All right, Pat. What about you? Pro tank, anti tank. Well, number one, I'm fed up with this story and I'm fed up with the Eagles. Okay, <laughs> the Jaguars have been tanking all season. No one's talking about that. Like that's why they're starting Jake Lutton and freaking Mike Glennon, but. I think it is embarrassing. Like the Eagles should be embarrassed. Kev, you make a great point. Okay, like draft the draft is such an inaccurate science. Okay, the Eagles will probably mess up at, at six just as much as they would have messed up at nine. Okay, but I, I think it's embarrassing just because you would never hear of a great team or a great coach, you know, tanking. Okay, like Phil Jackson, Vince Lombardi, Newt Rockney. 
okay? Whoever the coach in Hoosiers is, like you just don't tank, okay? It's it's not disrespectful to the game. It's it's disrespectful. This is the guy from the French Connection? Yeah, it's disrespectful to themselves. You know, I it's it's not a good look. Uh, Sam, are you going to defend it or what? What's what's your angle here? Uh, so, like when we were watching it in the moment, it was really dirty, only because. You know, like I kind of wanted to see what Jalen Hurts could do in that scenario, like down in the fourth quarter. Like, why are you playing him if not to find out, like, if he can lead the team back? Um, but with all the takes that I heard over the course of the like the last few days, like I got pro more pro tank than ever. Like hearing Joe Judge, the the, the Giants coach, mm. get all like self righteous and like talk about how this disrespectful it is from a guy that won six games. Is so ridiculous. Like yeah. I'm so glad that they they tanked and like didn't get the Giants into the playoffs. Now, like screw them. Like that self righteous take that he gave, like was so bullshit. But, like if you want to get in the playoffs, win ten games. Okay, congratulations. You're not the worst team that ever made the playoffs. Well, had the Eagles played it straight, his team would have made the playoffs. I, right, I think it's yeah. embarrassing. But like he he can be he can't be pissed. They won six games. Like what do you mean he can't be pissed? Like had the season been played out <laughs> straight, the Eagles would have won that game. Uh, maybe, they maybe barely, I don't know. They barely lost yeah. throwing Nate Sudfeld out there. Jalen Hurts had seventy six <laughs> yards on passing up until he got pulled. Oh, so, so you're saying not, that Jalen Hurts sucks, huh? No, I'm saying you're that, saying like, that he's 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 worse than Nate Sudfeld. That's what you're saying. No, clearly he's not because he scored two touchdowns and uh, Nate Sudfeld didn't. They would have had a better chance at winning, but let's not say they clearly would have won the game. Okay, they like, would have won the game. Sudfeld gave the ball away like two his first two plays in the game. So Jalen Hurts had two turnovers too. He also had two touchdowns. So, but let's not like say there was a guaranteed win. Like Washington, I'm, I'm guaranteeing it right now. Okay, I, I would, I know the future in the past. All right, they would have definitely won. I was like a Ben Simmons bet. All these, you know, like I became more pro tank after hearing these stupid. Why takes. for three draft? You're gonna sell your pride for three First draft all, picks? No, no. First of all. Those three picks make like that gives you options, right? Maybe they probably will fuck it up. Because yeah, they're they, gonna fuck it up because they messed up. Like their recent draft history is not good, but like that does give you options. Like they have a chance to draft uh, Devonte Smith now, who just won the Heisman, and they need a receiver badly. Like they wouldn't have had that at nine. So this definitely gives them options. Yeah, he's okay? not gonna be there at six. I'll bet you that right now. I'll bet you, you right now. Or you can draft Jamar Chase from LSU. Like, oh. They have, Sam, oh, you know, just fit these guys for gold jackets, all right? Send them to Canton already. Oh, thank God we, thank God that we, we dropped three spots. Oh my God, look, you're unbelievable, you Sam. This is a pathetic take. I can't believe you're standing by them after this. This is unbelievable. Yeah, of course, I'm standing by them. Who cares? Who cares if they won the game or not? Like honestly, like, well, they, yeah. Why do we play the game? Yeah, who cares if you win? Yeah. Okay. Bengals won what four games? They were Sam, four, they, and tie. Sam, why did you tune in yeah, on Sunday night? Why did you tune in on Sunday night? Did you tune? I in wanted to, to see Jalen Hurts. I wanted to see what Jalen Hurts could do. And so I, and, told you, I was so not happy that they pulled Jalen Hurts, but I don't like. I, I didn't care if they won or lost the game. Like they strategic. Honestly, when the draft comes around, no one's going to give a shit anymore. Like when they're drafting at six, no one's going to care, especially if they get a good player. Like. No one's going to care about this game anymore. I guess the thing I hate is everybody just being like self-righteous about like, oh, you play to win the game. Yes. Da, da, da. This is America. Get out of here. 
Like we short sell stocks and do all types of awful things. We were just on this podcast and like on every like sports show, we were just talking about how the Jets were so stupid for winning two games. Mm-hmm. Winning like, and we're gonna be self-righteous and say that the Eagles weren't like the smart ones who tanked their last game and got a better draft pick. Like that's just like ridiculous. Okay. So Yeah, but getting Trevor Lawrence and then getting some like sixth rounder, that's it doesn't matter. It gives you six maybe they trade out and pick. get a bunch of picks. Like the sixth pick gives you more options than the ninth pick. Plain, plain fact. All right, we're going to move on, and uh, we'll just finish up talking about the uh, NFL playoffs that are coming up. Um, we gave our picks a long time ago, but I want to hear Kevin's pick. Oh, my boy Josh Allen. He's going to win it all. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, this Bills are actually going to win it, I think. Do you think the Bills um, will, will beat the Chiefs? Chiefs look shaky, man. Their run game sucks. And uh, I don't – like, the thing about the Bills is they beat shitty teams like they should have, and the Chiefs haven't. So I'm sitting there going, well, I think the Chiefs aren't – you know, they're not invulnerable here, right? So – What about the NFC? Who you got there? NFC? doesn't matter. It's the NFC. It's not very good this year. Who's in there? It's Tampa. Uh, Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I think the Packers look all right with that offense. Yeah. Saints are me. Um, I I don't think they got the guns to go. Um, Tampa maybe, but I doubt it. But my I, I I'm gonna go ahead and say Bills and Green Bay. Allie? I agree. I'll speak for, for Bills and Green Bay. I was gonna say Bills and Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Tom Brady's going to pull this out um, in the NFC, but I agree. I do like the Bills a lot. Um, I think they're a lot of fun. I think Josh Allen does pretty well under pressure. I almost bought a Bills hat. You were really close to it. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be mad if the Chiefs were in. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be mad. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would say Bills, Bucks. Yeah, at least somebody from our division's good. So one of the big stories was like the the Browns are going to miss like half their coaching staff or something and a bunch of players. I don't think that matters. You, you think they're going to lose no matter what? Yeah, I don't think that matters. Yeah, they're going to lose no matter what. And anyway, they can't win the Super Bowl. They should just tank it anyway. You know, ensure a better draft <laughs> spot. Okay, you know, there's going to be some real Hall of no, Famers. The real Hall this of Famers there at seventeen. Spot. Okay, this is, look, this is a if dumb the Broncos pick. have to play without any of their crappy quarterbacks. Everybody else has got to play. I don't care. That's a dumb take, okay? I don't care what you're saying. Like, once you make the playoffs, you try to win, okay? But like, No, no, no. You can ensure a better draft pick, Sam, okay? I, I think the Bears, the Bears and the Redskins, the Bears and the Redskins should also tank, okay? The Bears and the Redskins, they should also tank. Sit all their starters, okay? And build for the future. This is stupid. Yeah, what's all this play-to-win bullshit? What's all this play-to-win bullshit? Come on. Get out of here. If you make the playoffs, a- you got to try to win. They weren't making the playoffs. They should have gotten a better pick. All right. Saturday, you have the Bills. Uh, first of all, let me just say, Kev, you're crazy picking anybody over Pat Mahomes. Okay? Listen, Josh Allen looks great this year, but he looked like a deer in the headlights when the playoffs came last year. I got, I got to see it. I know. Uh, I'm a little nervous. But listen, my, my money's always on Mahomes until he's out. Okay? I, I got to say that. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I can't go across my alma mater's uh, quarterback. Got to go with it. We got the Bills and Colts on Saturday, the Rams and Seahawks, and the Bucks in Washington. 
What which game are you watching there? What's your favorite like matchup there? You got the Bills, I guess. So yeah, I'm gonna watch the Bills. Um, I gotta watch the baby that all day. It's Allie's birthday on Friday, so I said I'd watch the baby all day. Oh, happy so, birthday! Thank you. Happy birthday, Allie. Pat, what's your matchup on Saturday you're watching? Yeah, well, I'm going to watch them all. Uh, I'm very excited that we have three games a day now. But now, what are the other two matchups? So we got Ram Seahawks, and the night game is Bear Saints. Bucks and no, Bucks and Washington. Oh, uh, you know, I think Bucks Washington is actually going to be the most interesting one. Uh, see what they do against Brady. Why uh, would you ever say that? Washington blows. I want to. I want to. I agree. I like Chase Young called out Brady. I want to see that. Yeah. I I feel oh like God, the, they're gonna get. Stuck. So you said Rams Seahawks is the middle game, right? Yeah, that's that. Sucks. That I just don't want to watch because I feel like watching John Wofford is gonna be a a real like pain, and uh, I, I think the Bills are gonna handle the Colts. They just look so hot lately. So that's why I'm going uh, with Brady. You know, he's always I like seeing him in prime time. Yeah. All right, and on Sunday we got Ravens Titans. Where are people guess, leaning like, with this I'm Ravens Titans? In Ravens. I like the Titans. I like the Titans yeah. as well. I don't think the Ravens are as good as their record. Mm. Dude, I don't know uh, why I can never get good. off. I'm I'm going Ravens here. I think the I I I have no like data to back this up. I just I, I feel like they're due. I think I said this to you the other day, but like. The Titans have to get out to a lead because they cannot play from behind. Yeah. Like the I, Ravens are not really built to play from behind either, but they have a better, like with with Lamar, they're better equipped to do it. But like, yeah, that, the Titans can't play from behind. They're screwed if they get like come out of the gate slow. I agree. Yeah. If, the, if the Titans come out behind, I think they should rest their starters in the second half <laughs> and just you know get the and better tank. draft. Yes, tank. Yes. Now I like this Ravens Titans because I want to see how Lamar Jackson is in the playoffs because he hasn't been very good in the playoffs. You're right. And, yeah. Yeah. And um, nobody wants to see Saints Bears. The Bears shouldn't even be there. And uh, Browns are boy. missing most of their coaching staff. So why would I want to watch that? Matt wants to see his boy David Montgomery. Okay. That's his favorite player now. Listen, now the Bears did not look good last week, but the Packers make everybody look bad. The Bears, they've looked better. I, like, uh, I mean, I think the Saints are going to kill them. But maybe no Kamara, so are, who knows? Are you put? Are you putting any faith in Trubisky? Hell no! They're gonna lose yeah. by double digits. Okay, so that's here New Orleans minus ten. Yeah, I would say New Orleans minus ten. That's a huge line. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I would still bet New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might even Nobody, nobody's here, uh, Brian, buying the Brown Steelers. Like we're just gonna. No, because it's going to be terrible. The Steelers only have the record they do because they had a cupcake schedule, and the Browns are going to be decimated because of COVID, and so the Steelers are going to artificially win, and it's a stupid game. Yeah, did you see what Detroit did with no coaches? It was awful. I'm calling the Browns upset. They're going to play hard. I feel like it. If that's the case, I love it. I just don't think it's realistic. Sam, can we bet on that, please? I'm not betting on that. Oh, okay. Very confident in his pick. We like that here. Now, I think uh, I'm. I, I think the St- so it'll be a Steelers Bills rematch if they both win this week, right? Yeah, I think the Bills would smash them. I just don't. Steelers just. I don't know. They just fallen off, and I don't think you can come into the playoffs cold. All right. Well, anyone has any uh, last minute uh, takes on our NFL weekend coming up? 
I just want to say that I've not been trying this podcast. Okay, I've been, I, I just because I just want to ensure that I'm like awesome next year on the pod. So that's why I've just been taking it really easy uh, today. Uh, okay. I, I think unfortunately for you, Pat, when you suck at one pod, your just numbers go down. So I think that's. You know, if you were gonna, if we were gonna be able to draft a better podcaster into it, I would just, yeah, tank, sure, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Can we get somebody from the ringer. We'll, well see it next podcast draft. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> Kev, Allie, thank you so much for joining the show. It's a pleasure having you on. Uh, I've been Patrick. He's been Sam. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will catch you next episode.